0: Wall Street traders decided to take profits today, and who's surprised? Because after all, the markets have been on a rally nonstop ever since Chairman Powell came out and gave his dovish theme at the last FOMC meeting presser. So where do we go from here? Well, it does seem that we're still going to have an upward trend because only two or two of the big markets on the broader rally were actually up today. But what's this, what are we going to do from here? But well, we brought in the expert among experts, Ned Tunmore. He is a registered investment advisor with mm-hmm. Tunmore Advisor Solutions and uh, Financial Solutions. Uh, excuse me. Out of uh, Buffalo, New York, and he's gonna explain everything for the audience today. Welcome um, to Now Buffalo I
1: understand Day. why we have Ned on the show. He's it, from he Buffalo. Is. He's
0: a Buffalo guy. We had to represent Buffalo one way or the other. You guys so welcome to buy hold sell.
2: Pay, pay no mind that we're five and five. The bill, the bills are coming on strong. The second half is when the peak. You guys know that. Coming on strong. Okay. Coming on strong.
0: I'm with Come you, on. brother. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Well, we'll see what happens. Well, listen, Ned, I do. I I have to some legalese because your boss, Mass Mutual, asked me to say uh, a couple of words, and because by wholesale, we always like to remain compliant, we want to do the right thing, and we respect obviously policies and procedures. So I'm going to read a quick thing for everybody for the audience. all about Ned. Well, Ned. I'm going to. I'm going to go
1: get a beer while you read that. You
0: go <laughs> get a beer. This is going to take about 18 seconds. Ned Tunmore is a registered representative of mm. and offers securities and and investment advisory services through MML Investor Services, LLC. Member CIPIC. Tonmore Financial Solutions is not a subsidiary or an affiliate of MML Investor Services, LLC, or its affiliated companies. And his address is 300 Corporate Parkway, Suite 216 North, Amherst, New York, 14226. Ned, I think I covered it right there. You nailed it. You nailed
2: it. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10.
0: There you go. Uh, it's we're superstars right now, and we, you know, we obviously will have this to satisfy your compliance department. We'll even put this in the description. Uh, we'll go above and beyond to stay compliant. But Toby, I am going to start with you today because all week long we've had guest after guest. They have really been, I would say, optimistic. I would say, you know, Samantha Leduc from Leduc Trading did give a very pessimistic tone on that 10-year bond yield. But uh, but that's a discussion for another day. But what do you think? Going into the holiday, holiday season here, we have a shortened week next week. Do you think this is the time to get into the markets?
1: Well, there's never, you know... Top, there's never a time to get into the market, a time to get out of the market. I was talking with subscribers of mine today, some managed account people, and I, I sent them like, you know, Toby's list of the 10 rules of if you're going to run your own money, here's the 10 rules you got to follow. Number r- rule number one is, you know, you have to have a thesis, an idea, a concept of what you think is going to be happening either at the macroeconomic level or at a, the microeconomic level, right? Number two is the way you test that is if you, start to barf when your stock's down 5%, um, then number three, you, you've done two stupid things. Number one, you should have never bought that stock at the first place or ETF unless you wanted it to go lower because you wanted to get the lowest cost base. We're not collecting baseball cards, right? We're trying to build and keep wealth. That's right. Secondarily, if you barf at the 5%, then you own too much of it, probably. The, the, the way the litmus test always is, hey, I uh, one of my, matter of fact, with a guest we had yesterday, I'm, I'm a big buyer of these uh, defiance ETFs, and I had a chance to add some last week on one of these things. For $100,000 in a ETF, I got a $5,800 dividend. The actual ETF didn't go down in any value because they're trading these one-day options. Many times on some of these, you know, yield max things, the the ETFs here, and then as soon as it puts the dividend out, it comes down exactly the amount of dividend. It doesn't work that way with the daily ones. But my point is, I was hoping to be able to add more. And when you get a $5,700 dividend check, uh, since I don't need the money, I want to, it's in my Roth, I reinvested it. Uh, And that's how you know that you have a solid thesis that you believe in, and that uh, you're going to make money. If today scared you because the Russell was down you know 1%, call up Ned, give him your money because you're not you know emotionally equipped. To be yes. a stock market investor. Completely agree with you. Well, Ned, what are you telling your clients? Because they have to
0: be walking in there. I mean, we went through some some tough times in the markets in August yep. and September. Yep. I'm sure you got a number of your clients that are saving for retirement, yep. college tuition, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. What's your strategy going forward, at least for the rest of this year?
2: Yeah, the biggest question I'm getting right now is you're looking at a 500 basis point move in in the uh, the interest rates in the past you know 13 14 months. We've never seen that before in history. We had a, a cooling off CPI number, PPI number. You know, Walmart. What I found interesting is Walmart reported today to to you know really weak guidance going into the year, and I think a lot of the inflation pressures that's the 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 country's been dealing with is really starting to take a foothold um, in how people are spending money, especially the consumer. You know, going into the holiday season. It's it's uh I have a, a handful of clients that are actually looking to retire in the first half of next year. And they're asking me, they're like, should I just pull the plug now? Even though historically speaking, the fourth quarter of every year preceding a presidential election, which is where we are right now, has been usually always a phenomenal quarter. And we've had we've had a Nasdaq do close to 10% in the month of in the month of uh, uh November already. So you know we're, we're we're looking good, but I do think that if Powell is able to come out and say with some you know relative definitivity that we are at and he's essentially roundabout said that, but we are at the, the 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 precipice of where we're going. I know that there's going to be no rate decreases for probably you know an, another year on top of that. I do think that we will get a little bit of a pull forward with some of the technology names and in, in, in certain sectors that we were talking about. But it is it is a double edged sword because of the the bond yield where it is. And the fact that a lot of you know banks and money markets are still, are still paying very high fixed interest right now, so um, I, I kind of look at it at, 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 at a six month timetable. With the next six months being, I'm hoping optimistic, but then we got to look to maybe pull the plug a little bit as we get deeper into the election cycle. And well,
1: see. yeah, I mean, Ned, remember that almost everything that the inflation nutcases have, uh, you know, been saying, none of it, it's none of it's there anymore. For oh, correct. my God, we're going to have $100 oil, you know, the yep. Middle East is melting down. Well, yep. geez, it closed at $72.15. We've been short oil with the SCO, which is a short oil. Yep. Why? Because we have more supply than we have demand right now in oil. Yeah. And the United States is the largest oil exporter in the world. Yep. And we're the largest natural gas. And look at natural gas. Well, natural gas is driven by winter temperatures, et cetera. Right. But all of those prices are coming down. The Walmart issue was was interesting, but it was because simply that the move towards selling lower margin food as opposed to, you know, uh, $30 shirts that was made in China for $2, uh, you know, when you change that mix, your margin goes down. Um, And, uh, you know, they've been a, a pull forward beneficiary, but overall, you can't look at the, the you, have, you know, the, the thing that happened this week was all of a sudden the Russell, you know, 2000, the small caps, you know, just exploded up seven and a half, twelve 12%. Yeah. Right? But in the short term, that was because everybody was short that thing. And as soon as it shot up, then the shirt covering hit and, you know, becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Right. But mm-hmm. if you're investing for the next, you know, two years, five years, 10 years, yeah. you should not care about that right now. Or if you are, then be a trader and, you know, buy these one-day options. (laughs) Right. You know, as well as I do, I mean,
0: some members of our audience, the proximity to retirement is only a couple of years away. They can't think longer term. You know, you're talking to a guy that might be in Topeka, Kansas, has a half a million dollars in a retirement account, but he's scratching his head. He wants to know, hey, is this rally going to continue? I mean, what's interesting is you got to wonder how many people actually were on the sidelines and missed that big up day the other day. I mean, that would be awful because they felt, Oh yeah, I had to get out. And then he missed that. And now those people, and you talk about this all the time, Toby, that FOMO crowd. Now how many people over the weekend are reading the paper and they're going to jump back into the market starting next week. I think this is the, the sign of good things to come. Yeah, it is.
1: The- Exactly. What you're saying is it's a health. That's how a healthy market works. Yeah. Markets don't go up. I mean, if you started investing in April, 2020, then you you know, you've gone through the meme FOMO, you've gone through the the uh, the SPAC FOMO. You guys, we've had every FOMO. We had 28 million <laughs> accounts opened by people under the age of 35 years old. Like yeah. dude stimmy, and then you go on Reddit.com and you know, and you know, David Huang got lost 15 billion dollars in his hedge fund because <laughs> the, the Redditors went after him. I mean, we've had oh. Things that have never, ever happened in the world. Oh, yeah. And by the way, yes, interest rates went up 5% on the Fed. So, so there, I, I say this a lot. that The playbook of 2020 is over. The playbook of 2021 is over. The playbook of 2022 is basically over in 23. Now we're on to the playbook of 2024. And and if you follow the macro, you know the the, the, the interest rates, the inflation rates, et cetera. T- t- I've talked a lot about this, that rents. Um, were super record high last year this time. You know, actually more in October, and sure as, as heck, I almost said sure as shit, sure as heck. Uh, <laughs> they, you know, they're coming down. Um, I, I'm using the example of the guy you know down the street here who listed his house for a, a ridiculous number, like if this was like 2022 or 2020, and uh, I had I had just had to text the realtor because I knew, and I said, so Bobby. How'd how'd, how'd all the, what's his face do in the house? He says, nobody showed up. Oh, wow. I mean, so you, you know, we are returning to a normal system. And because we've had really three bear markets in 18 months, Put that in the record books too. We've we yeah. never had that.
2: We've never had so, that before. So, to, Toby, what was it? When was it? What was the last administration that interested? rate was? Is Jimmy Carter right that we had interest rates go up this quickly in this shorter period of time?
1: Yeah, Todd heard this million times. I was selling bond funds to pensions in 1982.
2: Yeah, yeah, and that's be, that's before my time. But but how long did it take for that <laughs> for that for that interest rate market to right itself after that?
1: Well, we here's what happened. We we went to 11 percent unemployment. <laughs> Right. uh, That sort of made people get a little jittery. Uh, So they cut the rates very quickly. But in in April of 83, uh, I was selling a bond fund of 10 year, five and 10 year U.S. Treasury bonds. And the yield was 15.8 percent. Wow.
2: Wow. Wow. And
1: those and and a lot of those were original issue treasury bonds.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: But, this you know, priced at a discount. So those bonds went up you know, almost 100% over the next 10 years. And and, and that was where the 60-40 malarkey, you know, was born, is that, hey, when bonds go, you know, when stocks go down, bonds go up. Well, that right. didn't work either, did it? Well, was, right, you know, right, right, months. right, right. So, so, you know, I just, it's like, keep it simple, stupid here. Um, if if you're a do-it-yourself investor, dude, the QQQs have been everything for two years, five years, 10 years, so you yeah. don't have to, you know, get too jiggled. Yeah. Yeah. I'm buying the QQQY, uh, which uh, is the high-yielding version of that. Yep. And so, when you match a QQQ with a QQY, you're getting 30% dividend on on your QQY. You're getting, you know, growth on a QQQ, and it's brain dead. And if you just put money in every month, you don't care. Uh, or if you put it every quarter, you don't care. Yeah. But you have to be astute enough that you know if the kaka hits the fan, and let's say Russia invades Ukraine. Or we have a pandemic that you're gonna to want to build cash because everyone's gonna be frightened, scared to death, and they're gonna to sell. Todd's heard this a million times. We bought MLPs that were twenty-two dollar MLPs for four dollars in April 2020 because we tell people, are, ah, get me out, my head's on fire. <laughs> um, and, and and that's when you as Can an you do investor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't have that much hair to do that with, but I'm just saying that that, that that if you understand the emotional context of the of the stock market, whatever the f the stock market is, because it's a function of all sorts of things. But then you can then you can say, here's what I know for sure: when everybody's heads on fire, I'm going to be buying because uh, you know the United States is hard to bet against, right? I think uh, this guy Buffett or someone says that. And um, and then secondarily, when your stupid brother-in-law. Calls you with a stock tip to buy a SPAC or a meme and he says, Yeah, I got all my all right, I got all my IRA in it. Right. Still. Right,
2: right, 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 right. That, that's your that's your exit yeah. strategy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Ned, be- Ned before yeah. we go to the break, I am curious. Do your clients are they asking to build up their cash positions? I mean, obviously with interest rates so
2: yeah. high. It yeah Todd, that's a good yeah that's a good question I think I think every client's different but, to, but speaking exclusively to the clients that are about to retire I think if their investments are needed to provide an income immediately the advice that I have to give in this short period yeah. of time is I'm more on the conservative, even though sure. I, I understand everything you guys are saying. You know, a lot of times people, I mean, gone are the days where people can retire on a pension and social security and, 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 and sail off into the sunset. It's it's uh, it's uh not that world anymore. And I think that the investment, especially because people are living longer and deeper into retirement, that's yeah. really important. And, and as everybody knows, in social security does not keep pace with inflation. Uh, most independent private companies have long since offered, offered pensions. You got to be a municipal worker to get anything like that. So the investments are normally needed to be leaned on very early in retirement. So if I have a client who's 65, who I intend to live to 95, that's 30 years of appreciating assets with a distribution, usually on the qualified ticket to where there's taxes that now I have to kind of build into their overall plan. Um, But I agree, Toby, if, if like, I I really, what do you guys think is going to happen with the election? Cause I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm all over the place with, if it's, you know, I was, Worried the last two elections and the market performed very good post election or post yeah post election both times yeah
1: but the last two elections interest rates for minus 2% I, I, I understand for the Fed. I understand but don't it's you think don't
2: throw a dart and buy up but don't you think it's in both candidates' best interest to get interest rates on I know Powell's his own guy but you want you they're gonna they're gonna point to the stock market as is a is a is a scoreboard of and they're gonna they're gonna they're both gonna want to take credit for it whoever they are. So don't you think that in, in this time next year or a couple, you know, this this time, 10 months from now, don't you think interest rates are going to be you know, yesterday's news and we'll be moving oh, on? To know, it
1: depends on who you
2: ask. <laughs> well,
1: I, I lived in D.C. for about 30 years and, and I know a lot of and I've worked for Fox News for 15 years. So I've yeah. <clears throat> met a lot of those guys. Yeah. Here's rule number one. If you want to stay the Fed term, you do not freaking raise rates in a presidential cycle. Exactly. Exactly. A, a, right? Yep. So that's that's, that's that's literally a written rule. I'm sure it's just like written on the back of like the chair for the chairman. <laughs> you do not raise rates. Right? Um, yeah. And number one. And then number two, I, I watched the current president uh, last night on his speech. And that scared the hell out of me because. Yes, I, thanks I, for I, saying I, that. I, oh. I, I, I thought I thought he was going to pass out at any, at any second. <laughs> so now you it comes to the, the, the third issue is. Is, is if he's still going to run, which I guess he's going to run, right? Um, then if the Republicans, uh, uh, you know, could actually bring someone that doesn't polarize the people, I think they could do v- very well. Uh, it, it's just for all the obvious political reasons that's not going to happen. Um, and, and so, therefore, if you project forward to these debates, oh my God, I, yeah. think, I think people just with normal apolitical people like me. Just look at it, you know, as a human being observing other human beings. You're not going to feel that great about the United States. What you are going to feel great about is is that the inflation, all those drivers of inflation, are all disinflating, and so that helps the incumbent. That means the market's going to, you know, be relatively healthy. God forbid some outlier event. Um, And now we know that the Middle East can be on fire, and oil prices go down. We we had oil bid up to ninety five bucks a barrel. Right after the Gaza invasion, because, you know, the assumption was this was going to, again, be a replay of 1982 hostage situation and so on and so forth for people like me who are actually alive then. It's not <laughs> happening. The the, the yeah. Middle East is not biting their nose to spite their face. Uh, well, I, I think, um, you know, I'll go back to what our,
0: our friend Jeffrey Hirsch said, is that if Biden does run, historically speaking, we should see, because an incumbent president running again, you on average will see the markets rally 8 to 12%. Yeah. If he does not, then that, now we're looking at a, we're actually seeing a, a negative return of on average 1.5%. So when you look at those two data points, and it really depends on whether he runs again or not. I mean, I hope he does run again. Whether you want him to win or lose is, is not really the point of this conversation yeah. right now. Right, right. But- Seeing him run again would be good for the markets, be good for your portfolio, and especially for your clients. Yeah.
1: and then we we I forgot one other big piece here is that there are record amounts of cash sitting in money market accounts. You know, uh, yeah, so the five percent so. Schwab account, the SCWWF, et cetera, et cetera. We again, no playbook. We've never had a situation where people, on average, have nineteen percent of their retirement portfolio in a money market account. Right, because yeah. who would ever buy a money market when you're getting twenty five, you know, a quarter one of, percent of yield? Right, just that money moving back to normal historic levels yeah. means that, that my S and P forty eight hundred called me and me and Ed Yardini are tight on this now, Todd. Um, doctor Ed Yardini. Doctor, oh, that's right. Everybody wants to be a doctor for crying out loud. I have my diploma up there. I got it at uh, at Walmart. Um, <laughs> but but that money is the X factor, in my opinion. That we've just never seen before. And as the market continues to just, you know, climb the wall of worry, let's use another axiom, people are going to say, i got to be part of this. I can't. My stupid brother's making more money than I am. uh, And I hate
0: that. part. Well, listen, let's leave it there on this block, because coming up after the break, we're going to ask Ned what he's thinking about as far as allocations go for next year. Sectors. 10 sector, sectors, and we're going, to, really, we're going to try to break it down for everybody. <laughs> also, a few other surprises, I'm sure. So we'll uh, we'll talk more about that later on. So you're watching Buy, Hold, Sell today. With us is Ned Tunmore. He is a registered investment advisor at Tunmore Financial Solutions. Financial. I, I'm trying to get Nail that it. right. Nail Tunmore it. Financial Solutions out of Buffalo, New York. Look them up online and go to them. Send them all your IRA money. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back after the break. Please stay with us.
1: Buy, hold, sell, brought to you by CrossCheck Management. The Jim Stroud
0: Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now.
2: On any given day in Washington, policy proposals are created, debated, and decimated by tens of thousands of people and organizations working behind the scenes. On 80 Proof Politics, a guest and I will visit a D.C. watering hole and distill the art of advocacy by pulling back the curtain a bit and taking a look at how they play their part in the sausage factory we call our federal government. So if you're at all interested in how the sausage is made, pull up a chair, grab a drink, and join us. After all, what goes better with sausage than a tall, cold one?
1: I'm Jessica Inskip from the Market Make Her podcast and director of education and product at Options Play. You're listening to Buy, Hold, Sell with Tobin and Todd.
0: A little profit taking on Wall Street today, but we saw the Dow down. However, the NASDAQ and the S&P 500 did close higher today, slightly higher. But for the month, wow, these numbers are rocking. We see the S&P 500 up 7%, the Dow's up a little over 5.5%, and the NASDAQ up nearly 10% in the month of November with still another full week or week to go with the holiday coming up next week. Well, welcome everyone back to Buy, Hold, Sell. With us today, our featured guest is Ned Tunmore. He is a registered investment advisor from Tunmore Advisor Solutions out of Buffalo, New York, giving um giving obviously some great advice to his clients on the markets and how to invest, and obviously we have Toby with us today. But uh, but Ned, I want to go to you on this one to start off this block. Let's <laughs> hit <did> it <laughs> because, because what, am my Ned- top
1: liver, Just- <laughs> no, <not at> all. <laughs> If I'm Ned, if I'm Ned, and somebody asks me, uh, "How much money are you going to make me for it?" Look at my last name,
2: a ton more. There, I, I, that's that's my that's that's my call sign right there. I stamp it on all my jackets. You got it. Yeah, you got it. It's yeah. right there. That's a right ton more. Absolutely. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. But then I'm a I want to. I got nothing.
0: Let's 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 go with you on this on this block, Ned, because I want to ask. I'm sure you get you have going into next year. We were just talking about the upcoming presidential election of how it's best to position a portfolio. But for you, and since you are affiliated with Mass Mutual, I would imagine you were more on that conservative side. But what is your typical strategic allocation looking like for your investors?
2: Yeah, obviously, you got to start off with the, uh, the timetable first. I, there, there is no set allocation. It's going to be time and when you need the money. So you could have a, a kid that's in college that needs the money in a couple of years when they get out for first purchase of a house. Or you could have a 55-year-old that's looking to save for their retirement, which is 10 years away. But generally speaking, I think the old adage of 70-30 <clears throat> in favor of equity to bonds or 60-40, I think we're living in such a dynamic period of time right now where within, within the dynamic of how much time they have, picking the sectors where I think they're going to get the most bang for their buck is what I'm trying to help people with. And I know in the last segment we were talking about the Qs. Qs are up 10%. They're Still down from where they were last year. I think we're going into the holiday season. Uh, you know, Apple's going to have a new product out. I know Samsung's going to have a new product out. Technology normally runs anyways. Uh, one of the one sectors that you got to look at you got to look at technology. Um, and I'd also say financials as well. You, you, you saw a lot of the banks getting beaten up a couple, of, you know, month back with Bank of America, especially Wells Fargo down. You know, dividends are now a little bit higher as far as the percentages because of that pullback. And I think it's an interesting time coming into a year next year where inflation is peaked, let's just say, and rates are going to start coming back down now, there could be some opportunity in those particular sectors. And well, that, I mean,
1: yeah. here's another one, Todd, that I, I love. We, we've we always killed it in mortgage REITs. when yeah, yes, peaks, yes. You know, rate peak, right? So you have NLY, yeah. NLY, you know, paying almost a 13% dividend. Uh, there's multiple other mortgage REITs. We, that, two Harbors but, is good. Yeah, two Harbors, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, and then, the um, the BDCs, the business development companies, again, who make loans, they package them and then they sell them to government and and with no risk. Well, when the their cost of funds go down, let's say a half a percent, their earnings go up twenty percent. So they're highly leveraged into interest rates coming down. And again, I you know I'm the huge excuse me believer in a Roth. I, I would make I make every one of my managed accounts that that has not converted. To a Roth, to have at least one Roth out of all the fourteen other, con, you know, accounts they have. But I rolled up a lot of my stuff into one Roth. I took the hit on on the taxes, but I had to, you know, tax losses I could go against. Right, that Roth is ridiculous. Now I, I'm 65 years old. I, I I'm not retiring. I, what what would oh, I do? Look a day past 64, Toby. That is so funny. I forgot to laugh. <laughs> <clears throat> what a dick. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> the the bigger it's, issue on, on the Roth is is, not, is you don't get taxed on the income you take out unless your taxable income is over. I think Ned two hundred twenty eight thousand dollars. Yep.
2: Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah,
1: I don't know. I, I I I think I said today, I get a five thousand dollar fifty five hundred dollar dividend. From our guest yesterday's uh, ETF, the actual underlying has gone up in about is about fourteen yeah. percent. That's just one position. I have like ten of these positions. I, I probably have forty thousand dollars of, of annual income that I can't spend. And, and Todd knows I can spend money. And, <laughs> At and, the bar. And it, well, <laughs> well, I I have a gold pass for that. So, you know, <laughs> but. But, but it's it's we've never had these type of high yields now i'm starting a new newsletter uh, Todd in uh, january yeah uh, called you know our transformity ultra income are you able um, can you talk a little bit about it because i, I wanted to yeah get oh, into absolutely i mean it, i've been waiting 40 years from this and it wasn't until they been, been invented these you know daily st- one day stock options that you could sell a call options against stocks that i like anyway it starts with stocks that i like anyway but you're going to get more yield out of the ones that have more volatility. That's how the world works. But as I say, I'm just looking. I just sent this out to our subscribers. I have $107,000 in Coinbase. Is the stock, but yep. I, I own this ETF. Why yep. do I own it? Well, the thesis is is that Bitcoin is going to uh, uh, be allowed to, because of this Supreme Court decision, to be able to have spot prices, meaning that 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 it will be priced in real time, 24 by seven, and therefore. That brings the, the, the price of Bitcoin up because so it, most of it's at, at a discount value like GPTC, which is a Bitcoin uh, trust. But they they sell it at 18% discount to the actual price. So blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so 50, I'm just looking at 50, 100, 705 bucks. I reinvest it. If you extrapolate that out to when I may retire, which is, I don't know, 75 or something, or I die. And then Marjorie's the happiest girl in town. I, I've, I, that position will be gigantic. That position will be just... Add, add fifty add $60,000 a year for the next five years. That's $300,000 on top of $100,000. And now I'm getting 5% a month on 400000 Yeah, yeah. Pretty amazing stuff. So that's good stuff. I can't wait
0: to read that. I can't wait to see it once it comes out. I know, I know your subscribers are going to like that. Ned, what do you think as far as sectors go next year? I mean- you know, Toby and I this week, I mean, I've been driving them crazy talking about the retail sector, but it has yeah. been a headline story all week with yeah. the data that came out and obviously the big box uh, retailers reporting earnings. But yeah. next year, what do you think? Are we looking at maybe possibly oil and gas? Travel. We had Sylvia Jablonski. She's a CEO of Defiance yeah. ETFs on yesterday. She loves travel next yep. year. What's yep. your take? What are you what are your guys telling you? Maybe Mass Mutual has a take on this as right. well.
2: Right. One of the things that I'm paying attention to, especially with the Walmart earnings we talked about before, is I think the consumer spending is moving towards tangible goods to experience. Um I, I have been a big believer in 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 travel since you know, really, since the end of COVID, which you could say was the end of 2021, beginning in yeah. 22. and it's not just the airlines. I look at the I look at the cruise stocks. I'm looking at a lot of the the uh, the booking sites like Travel Travelocity, Booking, so on and so forth. From what I'm reading and what I'm seeing, it, everything is record. I think the margins are not there in the airlines right now, which is why they're still in the drink. And I think we're just we're in that we're in that catch 22 area where people want to take experiences, they want to travel. But the because of all the the damage that's been done, we just have not gotten back you know to that to that level yet. And then you talk about Walmart. So Macy's had a phenomenal earnings report. M- Macy's actually reported good up double double digits after their numbers. But you know I, you got to believe that some somewhere along the line the the, the pain is going to be felt by the consumer with all the inflation crunch that we've had to deal with for the past you know, 12, 13, 14 months. So it'll be an interesting end of the year. And I think that'll predicate where where everything stands next year. But I am a big believer uh, in travel. I, I, I like energy. I, I'm going to continue to like energy as long as these these wars are going on. And I think that, uh, you know, on the financial side, again, I think there's good opportunity there just with the, with the position where everything is with interest rates leveling off and possibly rising up again.
1: Well, I'll tell you one thing about oil. Yes. Uh, besides the fact that it's come down from $95. to yes, yes. So there's a there's an ETF is reverse it's, it's The ticker symbol is SCO. Yes. And um, I have some clients that just are, you know, they happen to live in Texas, and, and they make their money from the energy business. So right. they want to own energy. But right. I make them buy or I buy for them the SCO to hedge that. Uh, and that SCO is 2x. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we use is we use USOI, which is a leveraged High income, long yep. uh, oil, and then we hedge it with SCO, and so our effective cost with the hedging is w- w- the, the, the the it hasn't gone down in value at all because of hedging, and we right. are still getting these you know high high yields. Right. Uh, I would just I would just personally be careful. I mean, I've, I've been an energy guy longer than you've been alive. It, it, everything, I mean, everything is on that OPEC meeting, and if, if that comes out the day after, my buddy. Brian Sullivan yeah. of CNBC's bitching and moaning to me on the text. Jesus Christ, after Thanksgiving, I have to go to freaking, you know, yeah. Austria. But, uh, but Toby, one would assume, think- remember, the whole thesis on oil was, oh, my God, the Middle East is blown up and, you know, right. we're going to have all this. Well, that didn't happen. Right. Um, they have big bills to pay. Yeah. Uh, they have, you know, uh, blah, blah, blah. If they don't come out and say the floor is, you know, 75, 82 is the floor from them before. Right. But the, if the floor is stays under 80 and they can't and, and the, the oil they take off the uh, market doesn't get down, then you could very easily be at 65. And if you correlate oil price with oil companies that are more oily than gassy, um, you know, there's more downside there. Yeah. And, 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 and frankly, China is the biggest importer of oil, as you know, and China's consumption of oil has been yeah, down sort of like CNBC ratings after we started this show. <laughs> it's going to be like that. Okay. So um, I'm yeah. I'm sitting on the sidelines with the oil stuff, but because of the SC, SCO, yeah. what do I care? Because yeah. you know, no, and no, I'm, I'm doing, getting great yield. And I'm I, reinvesting those dividends at these lower prices. Yes. No. Yeah. So yes. Absolutely
0: yes. critical thing to do. And the time value of money is, is a whole other topic to have yes. on another show. Yeah. Ned, yes. before we close out the show, I want to get your thoughts on real estate. You're in a you you work in an area of the country that has, um, I would say, everything west of the Hudson has not really been robust from a real estate standpoint for a number of reasons. Right. What's your take, though, nationwide? Do you think that this is an area to maybe not commercial per, you know, uh, residential i mean what what's your what are your thoughts?
2: Yeah. So you look, you look at a guy like Warren Buffett who bought what he bought uh Lennar, he bought DR Horton. I mean, some of his, uh, some huge positions he bought this year. So when it comes to his timing on that stuff, he's, he's hardly ever wrong. And, and and I think that you're looking at what's holding a lot of people back right now is that interest rate environment, just taking out a mortgage or a loan or something like that is you're going to be at an astronomical rate. I really think that that is maybe not next year, but within the next call it 18, 18 to 24 months. Absolutely. If you're not getting into it in some capacity, I think there there's a, a pent up demand for people that have been putting that off. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. And I, well, I it's just like I said, you got to follow the money. And yeah, just, Ned,
1: you're absolutely right. And, and if you look at the correlation between mortgage rates and home builders,
2: yep. You know, we we hit that
1: five percent zero zero nine, whatever that weird little uh, spike was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and they all crapped the bed when we hit below four seven five. Boom. Toll Brothers at the high end, Lgh Homes in in the middle end. But uh, the affordable housing, because the builders buy down the mortgage, they take a part of the profit and they pay down your mortgage for five to get your actual mortgage down to a 3% rate. Um, uh, nobody my age is selling their, well, excuse me, let me tell about, people my age are selling their houses, but they've already bought another house and and, and, and they take the cash and then they pay off the mortgage on that one. I mean, so it's the boomers who are screwing the millennials, you know, <laughs> sorry for you. Uh, but in these areas like greater Phoenix area, like greater Florida, the guys who have concentration in these areas, certainly, you know, Austin, by the way, real estate went like, you know, and the average price is off 18%. Things are coming down because people were just throwing money at because they could work from home. And now half of the people who work from home can't work from home anymore. So Boise, Idaho, freaking houses went up 45%. My neighbor, Bob has a place up in Boise. He was like, Tell me what should I do? And I said, How many, often do you go there? Well, like once, you, you know, once a year for a couple of weeks. Sell the freaking thing, and and or rent it out uh, because it, it, it's unsustainable. So there are pockets, but I'm and then builder B L D R the ETF. Yep,
2: yep, yep, yep. When, when
1: interest rates comes down, I always buy builder because they do the components. Yep. Um, yep. And the Sherwin Williams and the uh, you know those guys. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and Toll Brothers at the high end. I lived in the East Coast for a long time. You know, Todd knows this. When you see a Toll Brothers community, those things are sold out, you know, like that when they were reasonable prices because incredible quality, great locations they are always in good school districts, yada, yada, and, and they own so much land that's still developing. Yeah. Yeah, you're right about that. Definitely a
0: premium on that. Well, we're gonna leave it there, guys. I think we talked about everything here today. And Ned, I gotta thank you. you. You you were wonderful on the show today. Thank you. And so, and how can everybody reach you if they're interested?
2: So we got an email address. It is uh, e tonmore at financialguide.com. And if you are kind enough, you can maybe put my website or link below on your disclosure. I don't know if you can or not, but that—that's the email. That's the best way. Come to do on, it. I can, can do know anything.
1: Can. Yeah. How do you spell Tunmore? T o n m o r e.
2: Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
1: You have to explain how somebody came up with that last name. I mean, just quickly.
2: Uh, my, my last name? How somebody? Got, well, it's yeah. uh, It was it was given to me at birth, so I I I I unfortunately no, I mean, I can't help it. It sounds
1: like you. an old English uh last name is what it sounds like it sounds like yes. oh yeah we we're looking for it and
2: we just got a ton more it, it, you know what it could have been that it may, maybe, let's let's go with that to make the story sound better all right
0: good <laughs> that's awesome that's outstanding all right well that's great guys well listen thank you so much to everyone for joining us i want to buy hold sell make sure you watch tonight's ravens bengals game key afc north matchup my ravens are going to be in in there and i know what you're gonna, gonna lose some-
1: <laughs> oh, I mean, and, and you're
0: not going to get Cleveland Brown, okay, or Cincinnati, whatever. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's right, that's right. So big, big game tonight, but um, but I'm sure everybody be watching. But we'll talk about oh, it yeah. later. Next week on Buy, Hold, Sell, we have uh, Emily Gibbs is going to be joining us as our feature guest. And uh, she's been all over the news. She she was just on Fox last week. She was on CNBC. She's going to be stopping by on Buy, Hold, Sell and give us her thoughts on the markets as we close out going into the Thanksgiving holiday. But on behalf of today, on behalf of Ned Tunmore and Tobin Smith, I am Todd Schoenberger. Thank you once again for joining us today on Buy, Hold, Sell. We'll catch you next time. Take care.
1: Buy, hold, sell, brought to you by Crosscheck Management.
0: Imagine how fast we could solve the world's biggest problems if more SaaS startups would gain traction sooner. Welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on the Mission podcast. This podcast is dedicated to sharing experiences from B2B SaaS CEOs who are going above and beyond to deliver change that is noticed.